The Owl Dog Hour is upon us once again. Episode 19. The Oracle is in the building. We are at the epicenter of all media, but at the same time, we are underground because this is the most underrated podcast in the game, the most exclusive audio experience you will have on the East Coast and beyond, on East Coast all over the world. That being said, we're going to get right into episode 19 and things we are planning for today, things we are planning for the future. Today, I decided that we're going to launch the Andrew Cobra Tate interview audio onto an app, a podcast app platform, whether it's Spotify or iTunes. I don't know. I personally don't have Spotify. I think I'm the only person in the world that doesn't have Spotify, but it seems to be a good platform in regards to audio podcasts. I personally, I've listened to a handful on iTunes, specifically Sam Tripoli's show, but the only reason I did that is because Sam Tripoli has good guests. Sam Tripoli is rather dull in the brain. That being said, I have personally used iTunes before for a listening experience. I have used the Substack app. Substack app is great. Um, I've never used Spotify, but we'll see how it goes. Because here's the thing. I got the best Andrew Cobra Tate interview. People are going to be interviewing me about this interview. That's a fact. And we got to talk about him versus Jake Paul and potentially me getting involved in this giant event because that's what I'm pushing for. I want to fight Solbra at Andrew Cobra Tate versus Jake Paul. I want to fight Solbra. Um, January, I started making fun of Solbra. I haven't stopped since. And I hope to continue to do that. If he doesn't fight me, he's a pussy. Um, it would just be an illogical business move for him not to participate in this fight. He blocked me a long time ago, so I might have to use some proxies in order to contact him and basically say, hey, dude, you need to fight the Al Dog later this year at the Cobra Tate versus Jake Paul event. That's just the beginning because I have had some significant thought this, thoughts this week that will blow your mind. And we're going to get right into that, but we have to talk about that because that is what is at front and center. And that's probably my mission for today is probably to get that particular interview on some sort of audio platform. For real subscribers, you had the best experience possible this past week with some of the exclusives I put out. Those two conversations I had with Jay Dye in early 2019, incredible, A+, plus, funny, entertaining, informative, all that, period. Real subscribers got that. So you freeloaders and you mids on the email list, you really need to upgrade your entire existence by becoming a subscriber to the Owl Dog Hour Substack. It's $5 a month, $40 a year. I don't want to hear any complaints because I should be charging $100 a month. Probably not, but you know what I mean? I'm exaggerating, but I'm saying there's a lot of valuable there. A lot of, uh, there's incredible amounts of good content and I'm sitting on gold, guys. I'm sitting on more good content that will be available for real subscribers only. But the fact of the matter is, this podcast is so good that we need to get on a, a platform, a free platform, starting with the Andrew Cooper Tate interview. We're going to run it up, and we're going to have a really good place to start uh, from there. So let's get into it, because I've had some insane thoughts this week. I've had some 
real life experiences that reflect some of my pontifications, some of my predictions, and some of my original theories. Had an interaction yesterday at a coffee place, okay? There's this Zoomer couple walking in, and I didn't think it was a couple at first. I thought it was a woman and a transsexual person, right? Uh, A transformer. Um, (laughs) I thought it was one of those, but it wasn't. It was actually a dude. He had long hair. He had black nail polish. I thought it was a transformer at first, but it was actually a dude. So they come over. I'm working on my second book, Radical Ascension, almost at 60,000 words. Pre-order the charter right now. Um, but anyway, so I'm working on that and this couple comes over, they start talking and, you know, I'm listening to their conversation. I can't help it because they're right there. They start talking about Andrew Tate and, you know, they're talking about their friend where, oh shit, our mutual friend keeps on watching these clips. Um, it seems like he could get converted. (laughs) Um, and then the, the guy's like, oh, I just can't, the guy's a pussy. Like this kid's fucked. He's got black nail polish on both of his hands. He's got a few tattoos, which is fine. But when you combine that with the black nail polish, it's like, dude, you're on a dark path. And um, and the girl, she was about a 4.5. She wasn't bad, but she was, you know, she wasn't somebody you would consider attractive. But she wasn't bad. She was about a 4.5, like I said. Anyway, so they're talking. And uh, they talk about Tate. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the second time I've heard people bring up the Tate guy, um, in my own life within the last couple of weeks. And I couldn't help it. I asked him about it. It's like, Hey, what do you guys think? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're like, Oh, the guy's like, Oh, he sucks. And the girl's like, yeah, I don't like his views on women. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, I don't like his views on women. And it's like, okay, I see what's happening here. She leads the way on the way out. Okay. She led the way on the way out. And I'd say probably she's going to leave him and, He's probably going to transition, but it, um, it made me think of sort of my predictions for the zoomer generation, which is about, this is probably the same for any generation, but I think 85% are donezo down for the count done. I feel the same way about millennials, 85 to 90% done just garbage. You know what I mean? But a small percentage, let's say 15 to 10% will probably be pretty damn cool. The Aldog Illuminati are the top 0.0001% of the 1%. We're the coolest in the game. The esoteric athletes. We are, we're just awesome. Because I put out an awesome vibration, and I got that back with some of the listeners. People reached out to me. They're super cool. Uh, you know, shout out to Wavy. Shout out to Shred. Like, this is the scene. This is all. It's underground. It's exclusive. But at the same time, we have the ammunition to get pretty gnarly. Okay. Cause I'm going to put that Tate interview on Spotify or something and we're going to run up the numbers and we're going to do some very cool things. Cause I replied, um, to a few people tweeting about the big topic right now. And the YouTube interview is up like 2000 views in the last two days. You know, it gets like a thousand views a day right now, which is cool because Right now, it's the most underrated and probably the best, but it's probably going to catapult into the 100,000 category. Um, But we have much more to talk about. We're not just going to talk about that, but the Aldog Hour is on the ascension. That's a fact. And 
you are blessed to be here because we're only 19 episodes deep and we have established some pretty incredible things right here, right now. And I want to let you know, it's not about being the biggest podcast. You don't want to be the biggest podcast because they just become garbage when they get too big. I want to have an audience of 10,000 people and that's it. Um, but like the dopest 10,000 people. And in order to do that, we got to do some things. You know what I'm saying? That being said, obsession is the ultimate advantage. I am obsessed with my books that I'm working on. The Charter is available now. Pre-order that. But I'm also obsessed with creating the best audio podcast in the game. We're doing some more video. Um, Grifters University is a great product. Check that out. But what we're really doing here is building. Building every single day. And we're doing it in the right way. I'm going to switch it up because I got some wild theories I want to talk about. Something that completely random that's been on my mind that is largely significant is um, I'm in the grocery store the other day. Quite the experience. I literally see a cardboard cutout of David Portnoy, the wackest loser in the game. Uh, He's by a a pyramid of beers, blue and yellow beers. And I thought that was so symbolic because that's kind of how um, a lot of people are taken for a whack ride is their advantage. I mean, their instincts are taken advantage of. It's like, hey, drink alcohol. You know what I mean? Um, be a be a fan. Um, and it's just whack. But anyways, I see this gross guy, this guy who is clearly a drug user, right? He's skinny. He looks... He's probably like 42, but he looks like he's 84. Uh, just a, clearly a drug user, right? And I'm disgusted. And there's some chick he's involved with. She's just as gross. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to get the fuck out of here. But I thought to myself, there's a huge disconnect between drug users you might see out in the wild and the ones we are told are former drug users on television. For example, Anthony Bourdain, he claims he had a huge heroin problem and then he made a comeback and became super world famous. I don't think Anthony Bourdain ever took heroin. I don't think Anthony Bourdain ever took an opiate. I think that's complete bullshit. I think that's a PR story. Russell Brand is another one. Russell Brand claims he was uh, a heroin addict and then he had a recovery and now he's a podcaster. Get the fuck out of here. Because that guy looks very healthy, and I don't think he ever, him or Anthony Bourdain, I don't think ever took drugs. I think that's all PR. There's a huge disconnect between the people who are famous who claim they were opiate addicts and then the people you see out in the wild who are overweight, they're disheveled. Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, if you read his autobiography, which I've done, it's almost, I, I think it's fiction. Because the amount of things he mentions putting in his body does just, it doesn't add up, in my view, with his performance, his live concert performances. Because he's always pretty lit at the shows, full of energy. That's what I mean by that. But in his autobiography, he talks about all this stuff that he does. All, all this heroin and shit that he did. And this cocaine that he did. I think it's all bullshit. I think Anthony Bourdain, Anthony Cordy, uh, Kiedis, and... Uh, I'm sorry, Russell Brand... Anthony Kiedis and Anthony Bourdain, I don't think they ever, I think that's all PR bullshit. I really do. 
um, to kind of condition the masses so they think that stuff is okay and then they do it. I mean, look at Little Wayne and look at Future. They advertise that stuff in a major, major way. And then you see people trying to imitate that. So that's a very interesting thought I've had. We got to get into some salacious gossip, something that pissed me the fuck off yesterday. <laughs> it did piss me off. I should have seen it coming, but Aaron Rodgers. I think the interview comes out today. I'm not going to be able to watch it because it's so cringe and it's so awful. He is crying and he's talking about his experience with ayahuasca. And um, basically, Aaron Rodgers went on this guy called Aubrey Marcus's podcast. And Aubrey Marcus is the biggest fruitcake in the game. He's probably the most dangerous influencer in the game, period. Because he comes off as, hey, I'm rich, I'm successful, I'm jacked but I'm pushing psychedelic drugs at all times. That's, that's his grift. And I do think he uh, is an op. And I think he's been an op for a very, very long time. That being said, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, recently went on his podcast. And from what I saw, it was the most cringe and most awful thing I've ever seen. Ayahuasca isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, right? You know, there's a long tradition of that in South America and other parts of the world, but that's for them. For you to take this trip, which so many people have done, and they come back and they act like they're intellectually, spiritually superior to everybody else. Okay. I'm not sure what it is about these psychedelic experiences that turn people into pretentious. Um, they act like they just completed a, a PhD or they just wrote a bestseller or something. That's the level of pretentiousness. These people come back from their uh, ayahuasca journeys and then they act like they're more intelligent now. But in reality, you were tripping balls in the fucking jungle, pal. You weren't doing nothing in the real world. You were in your own head, uh, probably naked with a bunch of shamans. You know what I mean? You did nothing in the real world. So Aaron Rodgers is in this interview and he's crying. <laughs> it's so awful. And he's all emotional. And he's talking about his amazing experience with Aubrey Marcus. And I'd encourage you to just go to the Aubrey Marcus Instagram account just to see the level of cringe. It will blow your mind. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Don't bet on the Packers this year. They're going down. They're going down in a major way because... That stuff turns men into fruitcakes. I've noticed this throughout my life. Um, They just become fruitcakes. When men become too obsessed with health, they also become fruitcakes. That's something I've noticed as well. Um, So some things on my mind that needed to be put out there because on this show, I say how I feel and I say what, I want about people. And I say things that I'd say to their faces. I'd be like, Aaron Rodgers, what the fuck are you doing? Stop tripping balls in South America. You know what I mean? It's not a shortcut to intellectual high ground. It's actually the complete opposite. Anyways, being an authority, I consider myself an authority because I'm an author. I've done the work. Two books coming out next year. 
So I, I thought this authority versus expert dialectic was interesting because when you consider yourself an authority, you don't give a fuck about these quote experts. I don't care about experts because I am the authority. It's me and God. That's who I listen to my own eyes and ears versus experts. So with the general population, they defer to experts on a lot of things and you see where that gets them. You know what I mean? That being said, I want to talk about the term normie. And there's been some discussion about this term normie. And I think that people need to keep in mind, 98% of people are normies. You know, most of these red pill Republican guys are normies to the core. If you believe in space travel, you're a normie. If you think Elon Musk is the richest man in the world, you're a normie. And that's 98% of people, guys. So the term normie, I think, is hilarious because it reminds me of the term midwit. Midwit meaning a middle intelligence person. If you call somebody a midwit, it's like not necessarily an insult, but it kind of is, and it's kind of hilarious. Same thing with normie. If you, you call somebody a normal person, is that really an insult? <laughs> no, not really, but it kind of is. And a lot of people who use the term normie think that they're superior to the average person, um, maybe because they check out different content, they check out different podcasts, they watch different YouTube channels, so they feel like they're better because they know, know more. It really comes down to performance and what you're doing in the real world. Um, and I don't think that viewing certain content necessarily makes you superior than other people, but... If it's something like the Owl Dog Hour, yeah, you're better than 98.99% of people if you listen to this show. That's a fact. So, but you see the trap that a lot of people are in where they think they're all red pill or whatever, and then they t start talking down on normies. Um, but maybe that normie is doing better than them in the real world. So it's an interesting conversation. I love using the term because I think it's hilarious, but I do see some people who use that term that are complete fucking normies. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I said, Elon Musk fans would be the best example. You are a normie if you think that space travel is real. And that's okay. I don't have an issue with that at all. Um, but that was another note I wrote down and a significant thought that I've had. Epistemology, the nature of knowledge. How do you know things that you know? Well, that's an interesting question because beliefs don't matter as much as what you know. And I know that we're building the Owl Dog Hour every day for the esoteric athletes of this world. And I know that I'm obsessed with creating fiction books as well as Owl Dog Athletics, the esoteric truth of the eternal athlete coming next fall. That being said, we are going to close out here with some griffs. And I just want to let you guys know something. As a fiction author authority, I am able to see narratives in ways that other people can't. That's how I was able to predict the Super Bowl in September with 100% accuracy. I'm going to tell you what right now. Donald Trump's going to win in 2024. And I don't say that because I'm this homer that I used to be in 2016. I say that because I do believe it's scripted. And... I think it's scripted well in advance, and I think that the Biden presidency was just a speed bump in order for the Donald Trump presidency in 2024. 
I personally won't be participating that much because I think if you want political power, you should get involved locally. If you want to become a political titan, become a county treasurer, okay? Then you can wield power. Um, you know, become a police chief, something like that, something local. If you're interested in political power, I don't think you should obsess over federal elections, but I am strongly inclined to believe Donald Trump is going to win 2024. Oh no, it's going to be DeSantis. No, it's not. The uh, Republican establishment is going to pretend to push DeSantis as president, but it'll end up being Donald Trump in 2024. That is my prediction. And I think that has been scripted as far back as 50 years ago, as far back potentially as a hundred years ago. Anyways, that is my prediction for 2024. That's a big one. Check out, uh, check out the sports ball episode. Oh wait, you can't if you're a free subscriber, cause that's for real subscribers only because I have some serious predictions in that one that are looking really good right about now. So we're going to close out on some griffs, become a real subscriber. The Al Dog Hour is upon us. We are ascending. We are launching on a probably Spotify um, and potentially Apple iTunes by the end of the day. And we're going to run it up and we're going to build and we're going to crush and we're going to become eternal athletes as we are. And we are going to reign supreme as the Al Illuminati right here on the Al Dog Hour episode 19. Have a great week. Stay ignited. Stay empowered. Stay athletic. Stay all the things you are because you're here right now.